you are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. I am Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist, and I've done research over 10 years, and I've found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication-taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I've found, as well as all the information that's out there that, that will help you get control of your blood pressure. Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Hello, hypertension resistors. Now, Z-Dog made a video that I think summed up part of the reason why we are in the new COVID-19 wave of the Delta variant. He said that we don't understand risk. I really do believe that I clipped out the most important aspects of what he said. Here he is. Uh, We just don't understand risk at all. And you know what? As someone who went out the first month and got vaccinated, has my family vaccinated, has my 13-year-old vaccinated, she wanted to get vaccinated, who's done all this, I'll wear a mask voluntarily if I think community spreads a lot and I can protect other people from me. I don't need the government to tell me to do that. We need to be honest with people. We need to have rational dialogue. We need to stop shaming people. We just need to be clear about what risk is, what it means. Look at other countries, see what's going on with the dynamics. Be humble in the face of what we don't know. But I'll tell you one thing we do understand from everything we've seen so far, and I'm telling you this as someone who had to be convinced, these vaccines actually work for what they're designed to do. So if you're worried, stop worrying. Just stop overthinking it. Go get the vaccination. If you don't want to, hey, that's cool too. You're just gonna take a different kind of risk. We don't understand risks. We are not taking simple action as adults to protect ourselves and other people without a government mandate. Well, that's what I think he said anyway. Right, and what kind of risks do you want to take? Let's be honest. Let's take a look at this. Let's listen to Dr. James Lawler at his news conference on the Delta variant. All right. So this is uh, a 3D uh, rendition of a a, a CT scan or a CAT scan of what a healthy lung should look like. What we have now is a comparison of uh, a CT scan of a patient's lung, uh, a patient who recovered from COVID-19. And you can see the extensive amount of damage. Uh, There is scarring and fibrosis and inflammation throughout this lung um, that is going to be, uh, in most cases, in many of these severe um, cases of damaged lung like this, permanent, right? This person is never going to have normal pulmonary function again. As a matter of fact, we've seen patients here at our hospital uh, and Hospitals across the country have seen patients whose um, fibrosis, scarring, uh, and inflammation in their lungs is so bad, even after they recover from the infection, that they require a lung transplant because their lungs are are no longer able to oxygenate uh, adequately. 
And so um, COVID-19 is a severe disease, especially of the lungs and respiratory tract, and in even very young people. Uh, so again, these these are often people in their 40s and 50s and, and even 30s that we're seeing extensive lung damage in. Uh, it can cause long-standing and permanent disability even after you recover. So how does the Delta variant get into the lung in order to cause this kind of problem? Let's hear what he has to say. So we're going to go ahead and uh, take a, a quick look at, at Delta variant uh, and what's different about this virus. So this is a representation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. It's the virus that causes COVID-19. <clears throat> One of the most important features of the virus are these proteins here that stick out from the, the cell surface. Those are spike proteins. They're actually what give the virus its appearance uh, that make it look like a crown under electron microscopy. It's why it's called coronavirus. But the other important thing about these spike proteins is it's how the virus attaches itself to our cells and allows it to gain entry. And what we've seen with Delta variant is there's some changes in the spike protein that allow the virus to bind more tightly to its cell receptor and to gain entry into cells more readily. So this video shows us a human respiratory epithelial cell. These are the cells that line your airways and inside your lungs. And this is one of the primary targets for coronaviruses and the Delta variant. And here we see the Delta variant virus binding to its cell receptor, which is the ACE2 receptor on the outside of the cells. And that's how it gains entry inside the cell. Once it's in the cell, it releases its RNA genetic code. Uh, and that genetic code is then turned into proteins by the cell. Those viral proteins uh, are then able to go inside uh, kind of the the manufacturing area of the cell. This is called the endoplasmic reticulum. And what the virus does is it now hijacks the cell and turns it into a virus factory. So now the cell is just making virus proteins and RNA. Those get packaged into a new virus that then moves through what's called the Golgi apparatus to get enveloped. And then it comes out of the, the cell surface and goes on to infect other cells in the body and also to infect other people. Those are the viruses that we shed out of our nose and, and our respiratory epithelium that make it infectious. And what we know about the Delta variant is, again, it does a much better job of binding to the cell surface receptor and gaining entry. It also does a better job of turning your cells into that virus factory. So it produces many more progeny, many more daughter virus uh, particles than previous versions of the coronavirus. And we know that people with Delta variant can shed uh, up to a thousand times or more the amount of virus from their nose and respiratory epithelium than with the previous virus. So this is the receptor uh, on the cell that the virus binds to. That's the ACE2 receptor. And again, this is the spike protein. And that spike protein and the ACE2 receptor work like a, a key and a lock, right? They fit very tightly together. And the better the fit, the more uh, the virus is able to gain entry, the tighter that bond. And we know, again, Delta variant gives you a very tight fit, a much tighter fit uh, with that ACE2 receptor. Now, a way to prevent the virus from gaining entry are these things, which are antibodies, right? So those antibodies also target that spike protein, and they bind to the spike protein and block its ability uh, to be able to bind to the cell receptor. So when that lock and key can't fit together, the virus can invade your cell, 
and it's taken away and killed and disposed of by the immune system. And these antibodies are what are produced when you get vaccinated, right? The vaccines produce very high levels of neutralizing antibodies, uh, much higher than the levels of antibodies you get with natural infection. And that's the reason, at least one of the main reasons we think, why vaccines for COVID-19 work so much better than protection from previous infection. You get much higher titers of antibodies with two doses of uh, the vaccines. And when you have these high titers of antibodies, again, you block the spike protein's ability to bind to its cell receptor. It can't get into your cells. It can't hijack them to make more viruses. And again, it's taken away and killed by the immune system. And that's why it's so important that we get as many of our community vaccinated as possible so we can avoid that scenario of the virus infecting a cell and we can get to this scenario where everybody has antibodies that prevents that cell invasion. So if you've had COVID-19 and you're wondering if you have protection against the Delta variant or any other variant for that matter, he just answered the question. Actually, it sounds like it's best. It's best. What we know at this time, it's best to get the vaccine. And here we're going to listen to Dr. Anthony Fauci, and he will explain a little bit more about that. Well, there have been recent studies that clearly show that if you've had COVID, you might be protected for a while against the original virus that you were infected with. But when variants come along, you are vulnerable. And there was a study that came out within this past week that showed that if you are infected, recover and get one shot of the vaccine, your protection doubles what it would be if you got two shots of the vaccine and were not infected. So it is a major advantage for people who have been infected and recovered to really strongly protect them against getting reinfected with a new variant. That's the reason why we strongly recommend that even if you have been infected, that you get vaccinated. There are people who have tried their best, done, you know, put masks on, wash their hands. This is a very, very transmissible virus. The best protection is getting vaccinated. There's no doubt about that. If you are vaccinated, you are very well protected against getting infected. Since no vaccine is 100 percent protective, there will be what we call breakthrough infections. That's the bad news. The good news is that almost invariably that will be an infection that is either without symptoms or minimally symptomatic, which means the vaccine still protects extremely well against severe disease leading to hospitalization and deaths. But the interesting and unfortunate thing that we found out that gets to the mask issue is that this virus is so easily transmissible that if a vaccinated person gets a breakthrough infection, which will happen, Chuck, you can expect that because no vaccine right. is 100% effective. Back when we were dealing with the alpha variant, the level of virus was very low in the nasopharynx of a vaccinated person if they got infected. Now we're finding that the level of virus is really quite high, which means one of the bad things about all of this is that even though you're protected from getting severe disease, if you're infected, you can transmit it to someone else, even if you're vaccinated. And that's the fundamental basis of now saying people should be wearing masks in indoor public yeah. places when you're in a region 
that has a high level of infection. So if you vaccinated some of the most vulnerable people, elderly people, people at high risk, et cetera, the next group of people that's susceptible who haven't gotten vaccinated out of choice now are the younger people. So they'll get infected with a highly contagious variant in a wave as they open up and mingle with each other again. And some of them will get sick and die, but most of them won't because they're at generally lower risk. And you'll see a surge in cases, some hospitalizations and deaths. And then what happens is as that population starts to get natural immunity and they change their behavior automatically, cases plummet. And so we have pockets of people that are dry tinder that this brush fire of Delta is gonna burn through. And mostly that's younger people. There are some elders that still have chosen not to be vaccinated. They're gonna be at high risk, right? Now, what about vaccinated people who still get infected? Because it was a bunch of vaccinated people packed together. I've talked to people who were there. They're all packed together with no precautions. Yeah, some of them are gonna get infected. How many got hospitalized? Like almost none. So the vaccines do what they're supposed to do, which is prevent you from dying and getting really sick. Now they may not prevent infection and they may not prevent transmission, why? Because it's a mucosal virus that seems, especially Delta, it replicates a lot in the narrow nasopharynx, in the nose and the mucosal membranes there, which means that you know the vaccine works in the blood. It's an it's a I am vaccine that generates blood antibodies and that sort of response. So the virus can still start to replicate and take up home in the nasopharynx and make you a little sick, a little sick, before you get that blood protection, unlike measles. Hey, Delta is infectious. If you get vaccinated, you're probably not gonna die. Get vaccinated. If you don't wanna get vaccinated, then take your risks, take whatever precautions you want, and let's move on. Because when the fall comes, if I hear smack about not opening schools because of Delta, right? I'm gonna be pretty mad on behalf of children who've been screwed during this whole pandemic. And we're gonna to continue to screw them. And they're screwed by people. And we know that all of these interventions work on a population scale, right? So vaccinations and face masks and distancing, um, we, we like to think of them on an individual basis. What's it doing for me? But the reality is that they have their effect on a population scale. And when you apply these in layers across a population, they have a synergistic effect in reducing transmission. So it's important for us to, to work together on all of this and, and to recognize that we're not just wearing face masks to protect ourselves, not even just wearing face masks to protect our family members. We're protecting our friends, our extended family, grandma and grandpa were, ex were protecting the neighbor with, um, uh, who had a kidney transplant, who's on immunosuppressive medicines, who may not have uh, as good a, a, an effectiveness of the vaccine as others, right? We wear masks to protect all of those other people in the community, and they're wearing masks to protect us. And that's how we can collectively defeat this virus. But we should know or expect that people will get sick and die because of our inaction. I think people should be very concerned about the trends we're seeing. Um, I think many of us were hopeful several weeks ago that our course of the Delta wave would be more similar to the UK, right? So in England and the UK, they've seen a pretty dramatic spike in cases, but their hospitalization rates did not go up at near the same proportion as they had with previous waves. What we're seeing currently in places like Florida and Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, um, Mississippi, everywhere in the U.S. that we're seeing delta wave uh, growth. We're seeing hospitalization and ICU admission rates that are going up uh, 
at the same rate or even higher than they were back in the fall. And that's a really dire warning sign that we're not going to have the same experience that the UK did. We're seeing hospitals already overwhelmed uh, in places uh, in parts of Florida and parts of Texas and Louisiana. And unfortunately, I think that trend's going to continue. So I'm, I'm concerned this is going to be the worst phase of the pandemic for much of the U.S., particularly states like ours that have low vaccination rates. Important to remember uh, that respiratory viruses transmit through proximity, contact, and duration, right? So um, <clears throat> particularly in indoor settings uh, where there's less air exchange, there's higher concentration of the virus in the air. There's nowhere in our communities uh, where population density indoors is as high as it is in schools. Nowhere. Office buildings, prisons, um, anywhere else uh, doesn't approach the population density that we put kids in for seven hours a day together in a school. So um, it is obvious that schools are one of the highest risk environments for transmission of this virus, particularly of Delta variant. And again, the UK, I think, demonstrated that quite clearly uh, with their recent wave. And so we need to take the, the maximum uh, protections for students. I think it's it's possible to have students, and it's a priority to have students in person in school. We all know that that's the best place for kids to be. Uh, but the way to do that safely is to put all of these layered non-pharmaceutical interventions, those layers of Swiss cheese together. Uh, certainly vaccine is the most important tool we have, but many kids aren't eligible to get vaccinated yet. Uh, and other things such as face masks, uh, de-densification, increasing air exchange and ventilation in schools, all of those are going to be important factors to create a safe school environment. Uh, we're going to keep talking about the, the data we have and the facts and, and hope that uh, people can change their behavior and that collectively we can work on reinstituting many of these protections that got us through the, the fall and winter wave. What are you going to do today? That is the question. So that's all I have for you today. Stay tuned to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where I'll tell you more about what everybody ought to know about hypertension and trending health topics. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.